This is Seattle's Morning News. Courts are now deeply involved in the homelessness issue, so let's see if there is a consensus on what cities can and cannot do to solve the problem. Here's former State Attorney General Rob McKenna, our conversation sponsored by Madrona Financial Services. And Rob, I saw this piece on law360.com, which begins with the case of Andy Lombach. He used to live in Paradise, California, so his home was burned down in that huge fire. He cannot afford a place to live, so he has set up a tent until he can find a place to live. And for someone in a situation like that to be unable to find a place to live tells me there's some fundamental unfairness going on here. So where have the courts come down on this? The courts have not issued a uniform set of rulings, and that's part of the problem here. Uh, Some of the courts have attempted to order municipalities to spend more money on homelessness services only to see their rulings struck down or stayed. Uh, Others have upheld uh, the power of a city or a county to prohibit camping outdoors. The Ninth Circuit has ruled in a a case that's gotten a great deal of attention that uh, as long as there is no option of sleeping indoors, I'm quoting from the, the ruling now, the government cannot criminalize indigent homeless people for sleeping outdoors on public property on the false premise they had a choice in the matter. In other words, you cannot criminalize involuntary conduct. And if a homeless person has no option for sleeping indoors, for example, a publicly available indoor shelter, you can't prohibit them and penalize them for sleeping outdoors on public property. Now, that case from the city of Boise did not address a common phenomenon, which is sleeping outdoors on private property. That's a different matter. And so we have yet another set of lawsuits brought by plaintiffs who are frustrated that people are sleeping in front of their small businesses, for example. So while the sidewalk right in front of the store may be public property, it is dramatically impacting private property. So they're bringing lawsuits arguing that the cities, and in, in one case, the city of Los Angeles, is violating the Americans with Disabilities Act because they're not maintaining accessible sidewalks. Well, the other problem, though, is if cities were to try to build the kind of housing that homeless people could afford, which would be some kind of dormitory-style housing where you could bring your pets, where if you wanted to use drugs in the privacy of your home, nobody would go around knocking on your door, et cetera, et cetera. Neighborhoods say, no, not in my backyard. So let me ask you this. Could there come a time where courts compel neighborhoods on the grounds that people have a right to shelter one way or the other? to allow this kind of affordable housing in their neighborhoods? I think that would be a hard ruling for the court to make because the court would essentially be stepping into the shoes of the city council or the county council. We're, we're actually seeing that play out in our, our own uh, area where King County wanted to acquire a hotel in Kirkland and use it as a homeless shelter. And the neighborhood rose up and said, we don't want you to do that. The city council actually agreed with the county and now the city council of Kirkland is in a fight with its own residents over whether to allow it. So you're right. There can be reactions by people who don't want a homeless shelter next to their home or next to their children's school. But the best way to address that really is in the state legislature, not in the courts. Now, now I'm going to take my lawyer hat off and put on my you know, former county councilman hat or AG hat and say, we have policy options that we need to select instead. But the first one, in my view, is to change public policy to encourage the development of a lot more housing 
estimates are that we are 4 million housing units short in this country. That's because a lot of builders went out of business during the Great Recession. We went from a period of overbuilding now to a period where we are underbuilding. Which is where tent cities could play a role. But you, you were telling me that under current court rulings, things like tent cities cannot legally be counted as as shelter for the purposes of legally uh, telling people you must move your tent from the from the sidewalk or the or the uh, the vacant lot they were controversial because like you said earlier people don't necessarily want them in their neighborhood but they seem to work the problem is there there aren't enough of them and uh, the incentives for producing more of them are reduced if you know you have a legal precedent that says sorry that doesn't count I, you know, I think it ought to count, even though it clearly isn't as good to put someone in a tent encampment or a tent city as it would be to give them a small apartment. But it is better, I think most people would agree, than having them camp on sidewalks in front of small businesses or in neighborhoods or in parks. So it sounds like legislators are just going to have to suck it up and make some difficult decisions. Well, I, exactly right. They They have got to take steps to create incentives for housing supply increase, reduce the burdens on the cost of building new housing. There should be a role for some publicly provided housing as well, as we've done in the past. But we're not going to get 4 million units out of those policies. So we we need to get busy expanding the amount of housing that's available, including affordable apartments. And yes, stopgap measures like little houses and tent cities and the like. Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Rob, thank you. Thanks, Dave.